sure that's fine. <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> Cool. Yeah, let's take it away. Welcome back to Seattle Sucks, the podcast about hating the city we love. And today uh, is a very special episode, uh, an in memoriam for Colin Teal, who is the first uh, American casualty of the coronavirus. Uh, Colin (laughs) was a husband, a father, a friend, and a coder. And uh, he was the best of us. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, He was a teetotaler, which makes it ironic that he would die of the coronavirus having never having drank Corona. Yeah, that is what is on everybody's mind today. The injustice of exactly that. Um, (laughs) He he will be missed. Um, The podcast, uh, you know, we haven't really decided if we're going to continue on after this um, remembrance episode, but uh, you know, suffice to say that um, if we do continue, uh, we will use his death uh, and cash in on the sympathy. Well, I just watched this movie called Lords of Chaos, and if one thing it's taught me, it's that any unfortunate death you should definitely cash in on for publicity. But, uh, yeah, we're hoping to get Colin's photo to the Academy in time for the in memoriam section of uh, this year's Oscars. Yes, this uh, year's podcasting Oscars. But um, uh, but for, for now, we bodies. I think we should soldier on. You know, that's what Colin would have wanted. Okay, well, we will now. Um, uh, Brian, if you'll just take one end of this flag. Um, uh, right, I, I got probably... it. Here, you take the stars because I learned how to do this in the the Boy Scouts. So you pretty much just have to follow my lead. All right, all right. I, and, I uh, was in the Boy Scouts too, but whatever. <laughs> um. Okay. So, uh, let, let's just begin here. Oh, is this the can, thing where I they uh, <laughs> fold the flag and like keep on folding it like it's a sleeping bag or something? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. uh, yeah, and we actually you put like a small kitty inside it at the end. <laughs> it's impressive. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. There's there's a prize inside for the family to find later if they ever accidentally unravel it. There you go. That's a fun fact for anybody that's got one of those hanging on a mantle somewhere. Yeah, uh, everyone take them the down, pull it out of the frame, <laughs> take find the find the fortune inside. <laughs> it's like a fortune cookie. That's why it's shaped like that. It's actually what National Treasure Three is about. <laughs> Steal your relative's prized rolled up flag from their grandpa or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's yeah. the right thing to do. Bust it open, learn your future. Um, some of well, them have cash. <laughs> some of cool. you might have uh, noticed from Greg's distant voice that even though Colin has the coronavirus, and I'm sure to fall next, uh, Greg has been sent to uh, an undisclosed location as the podcast Lone Survivor. And uh, we're also being joined by Justin Roll, who Hello. is a Seattle DSA member, a Bernie soldier of fortune in Iowa, and most importantly, a Seattle Sucks patron, a blessed patron. Yep. Yes. I basically and- paid them money to get on this show. I bribed <laughs> people. If and you uh, you'll actually- find out later on. If you check the statistics, that is the surest way to get on Seattle Sucks. Um, <laughs> I'll say it works every uh, time. <laughs> we, you know, we should also note that uh, Justin is himself a coder. Um, so, Justin, um, can you tell us, you know, from your particular constituent group, um, how is the coding community taking the death of Colin Teal? Um, you know, they're very concerned. Uh, maybe two of them uh know who he is i would say okay that's great that's perfect um yeah so uh i am in an undisclosed location in iowa an undisclosed um 
like full on hot couch house. Uh, Justin can tell you about this place because he just left. He just flew back to Seattle. He was here the last few days. (laughs) And um, it's great. Like it has this from the outside, this place, which, you know, um, uh, Cassidy and Melissa, who are out here working on the Bernie campaign, uh, generously let us stay at. And, you know, from the outside, it's got this, like, stately neo-colonial sorority vibe. Um, But you step inside, and it turns out to be just, like, an ugly 70s split entry that's had some weird remodels and um, is, like, sporting a sort of Airbnb um serious hot couch furnishing there's yeah it's not cassidy and (laughs) melissa's fault it's the airbnb owner who's probably a hot couch guy as a youth but now as a hot couch landlord well i mean isn't the landlord just trying to uh you know serve the public give them what they want so in a way isn't it y'all's fault yeah, you're right. You're right. We ask for hot couches everywhere we go. So, I mean, it was us who, let's just say we're leaning into it because the DVD menu for Office Space has now been up on the TV for 24 hours. And um, and it's not the first uh, DVD menu to just loop for days um, while we've been here. So, uh, yeah, the bathroom in the basement has like real like Sochi Olympics vibes. There's this like kind of opulent like shower stall that has like an arc of glass that you're supposed to like and a, like a double sliding curved doors that you you step in, but like it's in the middle of this very weirdly shaped uh oddly and badly constructed place where like the the towel rack was obviously once present in the wall and just fell out at some point and disappeared and like there's other like weird oddities in the construction the toilet roll thing was broken (laughs) what's the stray dog situation by the way this also sounds like my house but what's the stray dog situation like um no there's a not stray dog in the house his name is sully um he's pretty nice (laughs) but uh after sully cold all the yeah yeah i assume i've just assumed that this whole time (laughs) You know, but I, I, the other thing is, like, you know, I, I've been actually eschewing, like, fast food and actually trying to, like, cook um, and, like, stay healthy on this trip. But I did break but I did break down and buy and go to get a burger and fries last night. I was like, okay, this will be my one night. And um, let me just say, like, between that and, like, the this this, like sochi vibes toilet like i might be voting for trump this year (laughs) (laughs) like i I, it took a few flushes that's all i'm saying do you understand the appeal of slipknot now yeah like i I get i get like the plight of the like middle american trump voter didn't slipknot play at the democratic like primary iowa state fair are they necessarily a trump band uh, I think Slipknot are as of yet unaffiliated, but we're looking for them to come around. Yes. <laughs> well, uh, speaking of affiliations, uh, Greg and Justin, now that Bernie has officially endorsed everything that Joe Rogan has ever said, did you guys go to the MMA gym so that they could rise up and uh, take to the streets? Yeah, that's obviously what we're focusing on uh, when we <laughs> No, um, uh, you know, uh, we've, I mean, we have been out there though. I mean, in all seriousness, like we're basically part of us, uh, like an army of volunteers who are, uh, like busting down doors, uh, Bernie's shock troops. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. Like, uh, Bernie campaign, super soldiers, just like tromping through the snow. Well, so like, uh, yeah, we're out here. Um, just, you know, what's different about this campaign, I mean, this is something I literally get into even with people whose doors I knock on, is like, Bernie has a different theory of change that is than the traditional entrenched establishment Democratic Party, and that is that 
we need to build mass movements of working people if we're going to have change. And that includes putting Bernie in the White House. And to that effect, this campaign is out here knocking on people's doors who have never caucused, who, uh, you know, never voted, much less caucused. Um, and I think that is, I mean, that would sound obvious like any other place, but I would have thought, I mean, this is, I guess, a little naive, but like, I get that half of America, like, this is a basic thing we need to understand about our current politics and the 2016 election is that half of Americans, Americans eligible voters did not vote in 2016. Yeah, we um, should not yeah. shame those people either. Yeah, yeah. Uh, when you're given nothing to vote for, why should you vote? I mean, the the non-voter's been right most elections. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. And yeah. the um, they they didn't have you know they have not been brought brought into this process. And but but still, I naively thought that in Iowa, even though I'm sure, obviously, only a relatively small portion of the population shows up to caucus. I guess in my mind, I imagined that literally everyone in Iowa would have some familiarity with the caucus as an institution because for so many decades, it has been this feature of American presidential races, particularly in the Democratic Party, such that every, you know, mostly four, sometimes eight years, I mean, every four years, there is uh at least one party is caucusing here but um but i think people in des moines like are pretty Mm -hmm. familiar with it but like as you get out to you know whatever place we were webster city iowa falls uh hampton i think that's you mean all the places that people legitimately don't give a shit about yes yeah um so let's get into this a little bit so when you guys you know you guys knocked on a lot of doors when you knocked on people who are non-voters doors like what were they responding to you know they were just basically saying like hey i'm not you know political i've never voted i've never you know caucus i don't think you know whoever wins like such and such election that's not gonna really change my life and so you know i just don't really want to do it yeah Yeah. you hear people say well there's two there's two levels of like disconnection here there's people who are like oh it's not my thing but are aware that the caucus is taking place because again it's this institution where people descend on the state every four to eight years and uh okay this says i am reconnected now fuck me here when people you've been fine the whole time Okay, where people descend on the state every four to eight years, and they're like, oh, "It's not my thing," but they get it. They may have, they may be annoyed that they're getting all these, they're getting all these mailers, and people are knocking on their door. But there's a whole other level of disconnection that I, it's weird to admit, it has actually surprised me that there are a ton of people who you talk to them and they're like, "What's a caucus?" That sounds kind of familiar, and are just surprised that, and they've never, no one's ever even knocked on their door literally in iowa this place where (laughs) this kicks off the democratic fucking nomination process every four to eight fucking years that we say is so fucking important that we imagine like in all our you know stupid fucking uh politics movies like you know people like you know canvassing the whole state and like even here even in this relatively unpopulous place that matters so much tons of fucking people have just not even been asked to participate ever yeah yeah yeah. there are people that liked bernie but you know didn't really know what the fuck a caucus was like they knew he was running for president there'd be some election sometime but they were like caucus when's that what's that what do i have to do yeah and i guess i mean i i think that's my question i kind of want to get into like what appealed to people you know, depending on kind of what their initial stance was. So like, you know, for the, the non-voter, like, you know, when you're kind of pitching Bernie to him, like what, what sounded good to him? Um, you know, I would say just that, you know, a, a lot of politicians, you know, haven't really done anything uh, for you. They've made, you know, certain promises, but nothing's, you know, really changed. Um, I, I just kind of argue that Bernie's a different kind of politician, He's a lifelong uh, independent. 
Uh, he's got a movement behind him. Uh, a million people signed up to volunteer. Uh, who knows what the actual amount of vol- like actual people on the ground is, but he's got the most volunteers. We all know it. Um, he's got the most individual contributions from working people, uh, averaging 18 bucks an hour. No billionaires are contributing to his campaign. So this is something different. Um, he's actually offering you something. And, you know, no, nobody really, I mean, a lot of people don't really like Trump. And if you want to beat Trump, well, who's better to beat Trump than the guy with the most volunteers and the biggest, you know, fired up base? You, Justin, what, I mean, tell us, like, in your experience, what what were people's responses to the actual, like, policy stuff? Like, these people were talking about, because, again, like, We've also canvassed in Des Moines and West Des Moines where it's like, you know, Democrat, liberal professionals um, who know, yeah. you know, who have opinions on the race. But like since we're on we're talking about like people out um, up north where we were yesterday, like, yeah, what is people's what what was the responses you got to however you described Medicare for all or the education plan or the green new deal or generally the economics of everything or whatever, you know, what did you hit and what was the reaction, you know? Gotcha. I mean, like me- Medicare for all is an easy one. Cause you know, a lot of people don't have health insurance. So, I mean, it's easy enough to just like pitch your own story, you know, like I might say, Hey, I didn't have uh, health insurance when I went back to school later in life. And uh, that sucked. I didn't go to the dentist for like five years. And when I went back, that was super painful. Uh, we all probably have friends that, you know, have uh, had some, you know, injury or operation that came out of the blue. For example, you know, I, I would pitch that my best friend, uh, you know, had his appendix out. Uh, and then two years later, he had his gallbladder out and he had no fucking health insurance. And then he's what, like $60,000 in debt, his credit is screwed, and uh, yeah, things are just really hard. And pretty much everybody can relate to that or has you know some kind of similar story. And it's like, damn, why don't we have, you know, you can just say, damn, why don't we just uh, have health insurance for everyone? Like, countries do it. It's not that hard. Yeah, and I mean, what is, what is their reaction to that? Like, what is the, like, what do you get from people when you lay that stuff down? Like, describe the reactions you're hearing to that. Well, they're kind of just like, shit, yeah. Like, you know, I work, you know, like one person was like, yeah, I work, you know, two part-time jobs and I don't have, you know, health insurance. I would love to be able to just like go to the doctor. Um, And then the other thing in um, Iowa is... Uh, you know, I don't know how exactly this works, but I think um, the the Medicaid there is um, pretty pretty shitty. Basically, uh, there aren't that many of these uh, rural uh, hospitals or like providers or whatever that actually take Medicaid. Um, so it's like that much worse uh, for people, you know, that don't have much money. Yeah, I mean, that's been a story yeah. sort of nationwide of these rural hospitals sort of closing down because now that they have this sort of, you know, model of, uh, you know, put yourself in locations with high income people, milk them for all you can, fuck yeah. everybody else, uh, which opens up a lot of avenues to go into what I think most Democrats would call Trump country or whatever to actually go uh, recruit people. Now, when you did bring up, you know, health insurance uh and health care uh did the people get furious with you and tell you how much they love their employer plan Fuck no. No, but literally nobody said that and nobody that's will not, not ever a single say person. that oh yeah. that's weird because on twitter i hear that that is a beloved thing that people have as their employer Zero plan. people said they were worried about losing their private insurance <laughs> they were like oh my private insurance i need it I need to yeah, hold on I mean, to it to anyone who actually has private insurance out here, like they think of that as fucking they something they pay a lot of fucking money for. So it's like even I swear to God, even the so in like the 
more affluent neighborhoods of like West Des Moines that I knocked a bunch of because I'm good at talking to like rich white people. Um, you know, even we were doing mostly trying to knock like either likely Sanders or undecided people, but even, you know, you know, those people the same as anyone, the same as people who had less contact with and were like more new to the process and had less information. Basically when you say, um, basically when you say we as the richest country in the world should have healthcare free at the point of service, no fees, blah, blah, blah. Everyone's pretty much just like, yeah, yeah, obviously. Like, it's just like, well, yeah, I mean, you don't have to go into, you know, the, the fact that, you know, we're the only country, you know, major economy that doesn't do this. You don't have to go into a lot of bullshit. It's like pretty much like everybody gets it. They're like, yeah, I mean, obviously there's no other way for me to have like, or everyone to have healthcare. Yeah. Yeah. And it's an easy sell. And, um, you know, and I know our lists were mostly trying to target Bernie voters, but if you're knocking doors in, you know, working class neighborhood, um, especially with apartments, uh, people move around a lot. So oftentimes you're not actually talking to the person you're targeting, but I mean, whether they're, you know, listed as a Bernie supporter or not, the same techniques, you know, still apply. Uh, people, you know, want the same things. And a lot of people like Bernie. Yeah. Oh yeah. And like, I mean, yeah, healthcare is such like an obvious winning issue, right? I mean, you know, who who's against it, right? Like, oh no, I hate going to the doctor. Like, yeah. I, I I love going bankrupt. <laughs> yeah. Um, and the thing I would also say that's important is like pitching you know, your own material, you know, stake in this. So like I would pitch, you know, that I had fifty K in student loans. That's why I like Bernie. I want I want student yeah. loans to get paid off. Yeah um other you know and then you know depending on where you're knocking the parent might be like oh yeah my kid has two hundred thousand student loans and i'm like oh fuck i can't even talk or i might talk about you know like you know i i went like you know four or five years without health insurance and they would say hey i'm a cancer survivor and i didn't have health insurance and i'm probably like never gonna pay off this fucking bill oh yeah um, well, there's a couple other types of uh, uh, people that you guys ran into that I definitely need to hear about, which is uh, one we mentioned off air that you ran into some true Klobuchar heads. And uh, I'm very excited to hear what that was like. Um, you know, I mean, I feel like uh, the, the Klobuchar heads kind of were just like, yeah, I like Amy, you know, like it seemed like more like a, a Midwest kind of midwestern identity thing where they like you know they like how she talks and her general like attitude but they wouldn't really like give me that much more um you know i did get uh i did get one or two like you know i kind of like bernie but you know how is he gonna pay for these things by you know of course you have a response you know tax the rich Tax billionaires, yeah. tax Bill Gates, tax Jeff Bezos, et cetera, et cetera. And they don't really have a response to that. But um, I don't totally yeah. know if persuasion works too well on those people. Uh, we're kind yeah. of yeah, we're, we're kind of just hoping that, you know, maybe if you say something good about Bernie to these, you know, Klobuchar or Mayor Pete people, and they get, you know, eliminated in the first, you know, round of uh, caucusing. You know, they're below the 15% threshold or whatever. Maybe they'll have Bernie as their second choice. Well, yeah, and the Mayor Pete people, hopefully they'll be raining on the caucus day and that'll short their circuitry and they won't be able to make it. So um, I actually knocked <laughs> on the doors of some uh, Mayor Pete uh, field directors and it was very obvious because, you know, they were like some 20 something white kids like uh, living in this like weird rural area of Iowa. Uh, yeah, it's very, very apparent. Do you, you meet know, any we'll... uh, uh, Amesons for Amy, Greg? You know, I didn't run into any 
uh, Klobuchar people. Um, I ran into... So I ran into... So I remember Justin saying that he didn't really run into any Warren people ever. I definitely did in West Des Moines, where I was knocking... In some of the days where I was knocking, like I said, more like affluent professional types. Um, Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of people who were like, yeah, I mean, you know, I like Bernie. He's my second choice, but we've decided to go for Warren. A lot of these people were said like yeah we caucus for bernie in 2016 um but blah 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 you know it usually um you know these usually people usually would say they're undecided but we're you know probably going for warren um and you know it came down to like kind of what you would think um uh, like an electability thing like you know these are people who are like you know vaguely uh somewhat occasionally tuned into like the uh, you know the new york times or msnbc or something um and they're like yeah gosh you know you know bernie just can't get elected out you know out here in america and you know that's really easy to pick apart like it's incredibly easy to take that down and yeah i think with that the handful of those people that i talked to like you know, uh, probably are, you know, feel much like better about, uh, caucusing for Bernie after you explain to them that actually he's the most popular politician in America and, um, Mm -hmm. he's the only one who's going to be Trump. The fact that, you know, his, it's now being talked about that his poll numbers are going up, um, is going to make, is going to reinforce that point, I think. And, um, you know, but listen, I also ran into out in rural areas, I ran into various uh manner of Trump voter. You know Yeah, that's the one I want to get to. Yeah. I want I want to know how the how the Trump voters went. So, you know, sometimes you knock on a door again, someone's moved, or it's like some, you know, nineteen year old contact name that's obviously some kid who's at college and you get their parents, uh, reminiscent of uh knocking for obama in texas in 08 did you um, get a lot of parents who would say their kid had like moved to germany or like france or like switzerland or something <laughs> like i couldn't tell no. whether the parents were like lying to me and didn't want to talk to me or their kids <laughs> that actually moved or that's their like the way they like tell you that they disowned their like uh yeah. their gay child or something they're like well, well that's why their kid doesn't come home for thanksgiving anymore is because they've you know moved <laughs> to germany <laughs> oh fuck yeah that's even better like, the kid is telling them yeah geez you know i just can't come home across an ocean for thanksgiving when they really live like the next county over um <laughs> that's fucking hilarious um uh less dark than um my theory uh <laughs> but both are plausible i don't know you know what the so the trump voter scenario is very um uh gosh i guess uh how, how else to say it but it's exactly like you would think there are diff- there's a couple different kind of trump voters there's people there's this one uh door i knocked on that had like a cop truck outside and this like short king uh with a bad haircut opened the door and like no i support donald trump you can save your time you know he's like a real chud (laughs) like a real honest to god (laughs) fucking cop chud and you know i did i got some um uh parents who were of you know kids who weren't there who are also like that like full-on like i support donald trump and like they have like a shit kicker accent that i've heard nowhere else in iowa for some reason yeah yeah, yeah. like just like well that universal like uh southern accent you get it sometimes like outside of king county in washington yeah yeah it's a culturally affected shithead yeah yeah. it's like you're not from the south you know that right (laughs) yeah this isn't the south Uh, (laughs) i'm from there i know know i'm fucking stupid um yeah and i drove a long way to get here (laughs) and the thing is like i think um you know it it really just it's so funny how it all basically just reinforces sort of like highlights all the bullshit that was spun to explain the 2016 election and kind of reinforces um the sort of standard left take there are these people 
Um, they're called Republicans. They voted for Trump, and they're you know shit racist shithead shuds, and um, and they love it. And there's, but you know, there's at least some other people out there who are like super low information, very uh disconnected, but um are like, yeah, I voted for trump um but you know i didn't want to vote for hillary clinton i don't really like trump but you know and these people are probably not super like aware of their own personal uh racial bias or their like participation in and acquiescence of the structural white supremacy around them but uh you can you know these are essentially uh disconnected people who like a couple these i'm talking about a couple of people i met one was a nurse um you know middle-aged woman in an apartment who you know said she voted for trump doesn't like democrats and um you know once you get past that uh you you can make the same pitch on everything. Like, even though this person had been poisoned by po- Fox News about like socialized medicine, literally, and like how El- Canadians hate their healthcare so much, you know, um, <laughs> you can still make the all the pitch and run through like what Medicare for all would mean and why we can do it. And um, it's just too appealing to to not at least register on some level. Now that doesn't mean this woman's going to come out and caucus for Donald Trump. Uh, I don't know, but I mean, for, for Bernie Sanders, but um, you know, you can have these same conversations and they resonate. Now we're not trying at this point to convert Trump voters. This just sometimes you show up at their door uh, by mistake. And, but it just goes to show that like, um, Basically, everyone out there in America is just completely fucking left behind. And it's easy enough for someone like a racist demagogue like Donald Trump to come along and, you know, be the only one trying to make sense of that. But, and if people if people say they don't like, you know, Democrats, guess who's not a Democrat? Bernie Sanders. Guess who's been, you know, an independent for, you know, 30 or 40 years and, you know, nothing would piss Democrats off more than if Bernie Sanders won the Iowa caucus and won the Democratic primary. They love that. I mean, yeah. it, it at least gets like a smile or a chuckle. Like, again, they're probably not going to caucus for Bernie Sanders, but you're at least kind of planting a seed for later on. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, and I but think... The- um, I think a lot of people like online get it wrong when they say like people don't understand that like Bernie not being a Democrat is part of his appeal. I think that like the sort of media class and certainly people in the DNC get that that's his appeal and that's yeah. what they hate about him, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. They, yeah. they see their own like lack of, uh, you know, enthusiasm, like, you know, that people hate them, right? Like they hate having to look at that. Well, yeah. and they put so much time into this, you know, institution that is the, democratic party and i mean all of their politics are outdated and they kind of know it but they're you know fighting against it they're kind of it's kind of their like last gasp um it makes them mad yeah yeah, Yeah, too far in but i think you know um (laughs) as fun as it is maybe to like experiment with trying to sway these uh like disaffected low information trump voters at the end of the day like when I I what I'm really telling to the the actual like left Democrats out there who are undecided or like Warren Bernie people are is an electability argument that in which I highlight you know Bernie's theory of change about mass movements and say like we don't need to actually appeal to the Trump voter like because this is what you're hearing in you know, on MSNBC and the New York Times and the Atlantic, like, how are we going to appeal to these um, these uh, moderate Republicans who voted for Trump and bring them over to the Democratic side? And as much as possible as it might be to do that to a few of them, 
And as fun as it might be to, uh, you know, have that win with one person, we don't need them. We we don't need them. Uh, we can tell everyone in America who voted for Trump to fuck off and we can stop taking orders from them because they actually represent a small part of this country. And what we're yeah. actually concentrating on here in Iowa is talking to people who are just completely out of the system. And that's what's working. And so this brings us to like, the polls and what's going to go down here. Um, uh, I, I don't believe in jinxes. Um, like there is an army of people here. Um, we are talking to people and have commitments to caucus from people who've never participated. Gotta get the C2Cs. Exactly. That's the most important thing. They're like points. They're like uh, volunteer points. Yeah, exactly. Um, we can cash them in for prizes. Uh, you the, don't know, like uh, the the Bernie campaign kind of like their kind of gold standard is you get somebody to fill out this card that says like, "Hey, I will commit to caucusing," you know, in the Iowa caucus, and maybe I'll bring my friends, etc. I will like plan my day around it. They give you their contact information. That way, you know, the field organizers can can hound them. Yeah. And the field organizers can figure out like, oh, I have this many people in this precinct. I have this many people in that precinct. And I can predict a good chance of a win here. Yeah. And so because we know that we're doing that, we know that a lot of these people are people who've never voted a caucus, which means they are absolutely not likely caucusers, which means they're not even fucking counted in the polls that are now showing as of like yesterday i mean for the last week he bernie's been up in some polls i'm just now looking at the real clear average here and as of yesterday he's up over biden by like three points um and trending up and his main competitors biden boot hilariously boot judge and Warren are all going down. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's going to you know, be a bigger margin than that. I guarantee it. Yeah, well, the thing is, we know that we're going to continue. I'm, I mean, I'm going to be here till the end. I'm going to be, um, you know, observing a caucus actually uh, for the campaign, you know, on Monday. Um, and I know that we've, there's more people like we've, there's a ton of out of state volunteers and local volunteers right now caucusing we knocked on gosh what did we what did somebody say how many thousands i was doing around 100 a day myself i think uh the campaign total in iowa was saying they were knocking on two doors a minute and uh if you do the math on that that's a lot of doors some a day yeah it was some like in the hundreds of thousands this weekend like over a hundred thousand or something and um and what we know is there's way more people coming in for the last push, like the last five days. Um, we know it's not going to stop. Um, basically, you can toss out all the polls for the last year because no one's been paying attention. Not here in Iowa, certainly, in most of the country. And they decide true. way late. Like they, a lot of people decide like right at the end. Like, oh yeah, absolutely. so many, pe- so many people at least say they're undecided. Like, who knows if they're telling the truth and they don't want to tell you they're voting for fucking Biden or something. But well, they probably are undecided in the sense that they're living their lives, and uh, yeah, as the undecided voter or as the people who don't vote tell you. Uh, doesn't impact my life one way or another, yeah. right? Yeah. You know, yeah. and they're they're kind of doing that. But uh, it has been like lately. I think since people have been on the grounds, like actually going out to people. I mean, Bernie's surged comically. Amy Klobuchar's surged, and everybody else has tanked. And uh, I I gotta think that the Amy thing is some sort of weird media accident, and that the Bernie thing is just that people are on the ground. I mean, somebody tweeted today well, that they called every name on the Iowa list, you know, and are starting over damn yeah Yeah. well like um you know klobuchar is getting you know the other biden buddha judge warren have had their media push and played out and fizzled like it didn't last and now war klobuchar is the last one to get that it's not going to do her any good ultimately 
But she got um, the New York Times co-endorsement bump. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, that's great. <laughs> um, funny enough, actually, on the real clear average, every other candidate is up. So it's like the th- those three, the real contenders, Biden, Buttigieg, and Warren, are trending down, mm-hmm. yep. and everybody else is trending up. So like, what's fun? Those voters are switching to yeah, Yang, Steyer, you know. Um, uh gabbard you know a little but really it's bernie picking up most of it obviously because you know people are tuning in and and we're making a difference and um we know we're going to be on the ground here for the next week so basically uh, it's going to be a blowout like um i didn't talk to one biden supporter did you oh fuck i did not meet a single biden person no did you go to any homes it's crazy did you go to any old folks homes (laughs) <laughs> no yeah that is one uh constituency uh, I, didn't, I didn't visit what about yang gang did you see the yang gang while you're out there they had yeah, signs. I, I i met some people who were like undecided and who's like but who's like top choice was yang you know but and like like i'm talking like middle-aged like working class people out in these small towns like who were like yeah man that um who had real like thoughtful things to say about getting a thousand dollars extra a month um about you know its effect in their lives and on the economy but like one guy was telling me like if i had that extra thousand dollars a month not only i'd be spending in the economy but you know i'd be paying down my daughter's student loans and i'm like let me stop you right there (laughs) (laughs) i could get if i had a thousand dollars a month i could buy health care yeah, yeah exactly like and it's yeah. pretty easy like once you get on the ground and talk to people it's super fucking easy to dismantle any other campaign's shit like again for the more like tuned in people it's really mostly comes down to fucking electability if they're undecided at this point if they're a left democrat you know who's like anywhere you know buddha judge warren biden whatever yeah. um but you know for everybody else they may have some, you know, some niche boutique thing that turned them on about one of the candidates or something that is just like pales, man. Like you're going to yeah. be a lot fucking richer under Sanders than you are under a fuck the fucking Yang plan. Like, but yeah, and the electability thing, like once they mention electability, you just transition into the fact that, you know, Bernie has the most volunteers Bernie's got the most individual donors from working people. Uh, he's got the movement that can beat Trump. Done. Yeah. 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 And I, I yeah. go into the actual statistics, you know, the polls the last year to dismantle what they've heard, you know, because if you're on this electability kick, it's because you've heard it from, you know, trickling down from the New York Times and MSNBC. And it's like you just start at the beginning. You you'd be like, listen. Bernie did better against Trump in polls in the 2016 primary than Hillary Clinton did. Like, this is not new information. We know this. He always beats Trump in these polls. So, yeah, I mean, you know, Andrew Yang's, like, bizarre popularity, despite being the world's, like, least charismatic man, really is this, like, humorous, uh, I mean, honestly, like, insult to the Democratic Party and the fact that they've just never offered anybody anything before. (laughs) Literally, this guy who, like, can barely talk when a camera's on him is like, "Uh, I'll give you $1,000 a month. And everybody's like, yeah, I I like that guy. I like him more than the person who spent a billion dollars on ads during every football game that I've had to watch. Yeah, and why shouldn't they? (laughs) Yeah, no, I mean, it's right. Like, I, you know, uh, Democrats would call this some sort of, like, deep political magic or something that, like, oh, yeah, any you can get anybody to like you by offering them things, you know? <laughs> yeah, I yeah. mean, it's, yeah, exactly. Truly fantastic. Well, uh, do you guys have any other uh, Iowa stories you want to uh, give us as we sort of wrap up here? Um, yeah, I can give you one. Um, so I think we were talking earlier about, you know, getting the C2Cs, the commit to caucuses. Um, mm-hmm. I think Greg and I, I think we both probably got like every day, like at least one or two commit to caucuses, you know, from people that had never caucused before. Yeah. Um, I probably got like, honestly, like I would just be walking down the street with my, you know, my Bernie shirt on 
uh, all my lit and stuff in my jacket pockets and like canvas people on the street and get, uh, you know, C2Cs that way. Um, like there was one time even in Iowa, like I went to, you know, the Starbucks in a strip mall. Um, I was wearing an Iowa for Bernie shirt. Uh, the barista there is like, hey, I like Bernie. You know, I'm like, cool. Yeah. She's like, yeah, I like your shirt. Um, I ended up like chatting her up. Uh, you know, she had never caucused before. She likes Bernie. Uh, you know, we, we talked for a little bit. She was like, she didn't think she wanted to caucus because, you know, I don't know, people would be mean to her or something. I oh, sure. to tell them to fuck off. And um, she she eventually uh, did commit to caucus, uh, and that was pretty cool. Um, yeah, and I can see how like the caucusing process would be intimidating. I oh, mean, absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. But the thing is, is, like you know, those people you love to yell at online, do it in person. Yeah, um, <laughs> and then there was this other um, kid, like who I came across, like walking down the street. I think in Webster City, uh, Greg was not going doors there too and uh it was kind of like uh i mean webster city is not a place where you would find any like you know hipster like stoner kids but he's kind of like a hipster like stoner kids he was like hey wait you're knocking doors for for bernie i love bernie and so you know we get to <laughs> chatting you know he never he didn't know uh what uh, a caucus was he just liked bernie and wanted him to win he had no idea that Iowa caucuses were happening in eight days. Um, <laughs> you know, so I hooked him up with some uh, Bernie lit. I got his, uh, I got his address, um, and uh, I delivered him a yard sign. And then we got to be talking then. And uh, you know, I said, "Hey, you should uh, commit to caucus with us." Um, and he kind of like it, it took a little bit of convincing um, and possibly a little little bribery, uh, <laughs> which may, maybe you should cut this. But basically, um, he was like, well, you know, I, I, I would love a, a Bernie shirt. Like, do you think you could uh, get the, you know, your contacts or something like he thought I worked on the campaign? Oh, yeah. So yeah. He kind of he, he just said, like, hey, like, you know, get it, get a shirt delivered to my address. And. Well, yeah, he with, knows that you guys are in like a giant bunkhouse and that yeah. Bernie, you know, Father Bernie comes in every night to talk to you guys while you're in your sort of white linens. <laughs> well, and we are in the hot couch Bernie bunkhouse for sure. <laughs> yeah. um, but a- anyway, uh, basically, you know, he was like, oh, I, I would love a-, a Bernie shirt. And I was like, OK, listen, Jack. If you if you put on <laughs> if you commit to this caucus, I will give you this Bernie shirt off my back that has been oh. in the same room as Bernard Sanders. Oh wow! Uh, so that kid better fucking caucus. He better be a precinct captain because uh, I've hooked him up. Yeah, hell yeah! Well, there you the go. Shirt off uh, your back. Yeah, yeah, Bernie supporters. That's what they do. Yeah, we didn't even mention that we saw AOC and and Bernie oh, Sanders yeah. near feet away from us. So and Michael cool. Moore too. Yeah, yeah, Michael Moore. Yeah, yeah. He's on my oh. flight too. Oh wow, <laughs> that's funny. Wait, was Michael Moore in first class or was he riding coach? No, he was in coach. Uh, he oh, sat wow. behind me. Yeah. Oh wow, the real man. Yeah, of that the is the man of the people right there. Yeah. Yeah, I should have leaned back and be like, dude, nobody's got fault. You're forgetting them first class. Dude, it's fine. <laughs> well, and then there are people like chatting them up about, you know, their like yeah. healthy habits or healthy <laughs> like food club or something. And he was like, yeah, okay. It's all this person over there. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's great. That's great. Uh, so is AOC there then uh, whipping up uh, people? To, uh, is she going to be sort of. Yeah, they were barnstorming all over the state. No, yeah, they were in like all weekend. They were in several places every day, like doing rallies. And, um, you know, that's the other way I think, like, if you want to know how this caucus is going to go down, like the Saturday night rally for Bernie was a fucking blowout. Uh, It was like the biggest auditorium that they had in this mid-sized town. Uh, Was this the one in Ames, maybe? Um, And... Uh, yeah, for or 
or Perry, was it? I don't know which one. One of those. Yeah, it was Ames. Yeah. Um, and it was packed to the gills, um, you know, standing room only with, they said, like, at least a thousand people outside who couldn't get in. And mm-hmm. there's, and the photos are, like, like wild. And there's photos of the war. It looks like a, it looks like a general election event, you know? Um, not yeah, yeah. like something for this this weird little thing that a few people apparently show up to, and the Warren co- the Warren event the same night um, was like looked like the VFW hall on a Wednesday night, like and approaching a please clap scenario. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I think uh, you know that's how it's kind of always been at these kind of things, and I would say that like part of the reason why the another reason why the DNC hates Bernie is because it gets people all, like, riled up and all that kind of stuff. That's not their game. They're like, no, 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 don't get people riled up because then they'll ask for things. Well, the nature of the IO caucus... We want people to be chided into us, voting for us, yeah. Well, this is the nature of the this weird, um, you know, the, the Democratic Party, it has built a lot of its process around sort of keeping people disinterested and out of the nomination process but in ways that ultimately are easy to game and backfire so the since the iowa caucus has been like a a meaningful thing you know in the last several decades um yeah it's been intentionally kept i guess this very niche thing that almost nobody does which means you know um it's gonna it for that reason can skew the you know toward wealthier older people who are you know more established more in line with establishment conservative democrat politics and um you know and then it can it sends a signal for the rest of the the rest of the the nomination process you know but by the same token um the that's easily gamed. All you have to do is go out and appeal pe- to people. And that's why they fucking hate Bernie Sanders. Cause he's doing this thing that, you know, it's not actually that hard. You just go out and get people involved and we're just going to storm into their private little fucking party. Well, yeah. I mean, like, uh, going out and appealing to people though for Democrats. I mean, that's like, uh, you might as well be a wizard casting a fucking spell or something like that's cheating again. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the real, the real way to win is by being as unappealing as possible, but then forcing people to vote for you. That's well, leadership. They also don't want people to put pressure on them. You know, they just want to oh, yeah. do what they want to do. Yeah. Well, you know, if Bernie ends up winning in Iowa, uh, the shit's really gonna hit the fan because they're all gonna start to they're gonna start worrying about that like healthcare industry like spigot of money turning off that's been just raining money on them for decades. Oh, and, and they're okay, gonna be going so nuts. I just checked, uh, you know, uh, something on Facebook uh, that was posted by Cassidy. It's that um, you know, the, those doors uh, we knocked the other day, and uh, you know we. Uh, delivered, you know, like door knockers with, uh, you know, the caucus precinct oh, on fuck. them. They have, the the Democrats have moved the location of the caucus uh, for those two precincts. So, yeah. wow. So, is, yeah, basically, so we're doing get out the caucus at this point. This is GOTC yeah. where we're telling people their caucus location for each precinct. We're even leaving lit that has it and saying, like, keep this. This is the address. This is the time. And what do you know, they changed a shitload of them, including the ones we this weekend, including the precincts Justin and I walked. And the, again, it's just supr- caucus suppression. It is to keep oh, yeah. people. So people show up because you have a fucking narrow window. You got to get in line and then they shut down the line at seven o'clock. Um, and so you're not even going to know you're in the wrong fucking place till you get to the front of the line. Most people, right? Yeah. So this is just a way to tell people to fuck off. So you're going to get people showing up who we've convinced to come out for the first fucking time, uh, who are going to show up and be told to, you know, get back out on the street. You don't get to be a part of this. And it's just fucking disgusting, but you know, this is what you can expect from the democratic party. And this is going to happen for the rest of the fucking primary. They're going to pull fucking dirty tricks. This is rat fucking time. And it's going to come directly from every fucking Democrat in the country. 
Yeah, it's, uh, you know, just like in 2016, the fix is going to be in. And the only way you can sort of defeat that is sort of with a tidal wave of support. Luckily, uh, Webb and Bernard Sanders can actually get that done. So yeah. Yeah. speaking of uh, support, though, you know, because I kind of like to to wrap up here, but I, you know, want to bring up one thing that's actually happening in Seattle <laughs> since we're doing a Seattle Sucks podcast, which is uh, this Wednesday, uh, workers at Swedish Hospital are going on strike, motherfucker. <laughs> Hell yeah, let's build those working class movements. Yeah, and I just wanted to kind of give you guys just a few lines from this article from The Stranger uh, by our good buddy and guy who supports everything we say on the show, Rich Smith, uh, which is called <laughs> to, prep for, to Prep for Strike, Swedish Hires Scabs, and Tactical Security with Body Cameras. Motherfucker. So, so as Washington State confirms the country's first case of Wuhan coronavirus, 8,000 Swedish caregivers responsible. I <laughs> know deal. what that is. Yep. <laughs> I think okay. <laughs> Swedish caregivers responsible for treating patients and disinfecting hospital rooms are barreling toward a massive three-day strike scheduled for Wednesday. Though caregivers say they don't want to strike, bosses at Swedish, which was recently acquired by Providence, are telling staff they don't plan to return to the bargaining table before the union's January 28th deadline. Yeah. Now, this is all over the hospital workers who have been fucked in the last contract, won a 6% raise per year over the course of the contract, to which uh, Swedish is basically saying... At best, we'll give you 3%, which, of course, in Seattle is not even a cost of living adjustment. Um, yeah. Well, you know, it's interesting to the, a key um, sentence there was that they were bought uh, in the last few years by, was it Prudential that you said? Um, uh, Providence. Because uh, Providence. Um, the, I, I don't remember the details, but um, Swedish was, Swedish has been, previously like in decades past like a extremely well-regarded um medical institution in the community and i think their model was something like um non i think they may have been some kind of non-profit profit or cooperative at least at some point in the past like a lot of like good medical institutions and and it's just sort of um, everything's gone to shit since they were uh, sold to some, you know, massive for-profit company. Again, I don't remember the details exactly, but yeah, uh, you know, this is uh, this is what Bernie's out here talking about is building working-class movements of people who are willing to stand up and and in solidarity and fight for what's right. And this is great because if this stress, if this um, strike happens and if it's successful and in that they get a lot of their um people out uh in the streets and make some noise um and even more so if they actually get some of what they're asking for that's going to be a great stress test for uh january february 2020 when president bernie sanders is asking um all of us and uh, especially people in medical unions to stand up and demand that the shitty conservative Congress uh, pass Medicare for all. Yeah. And let's be clear here. So Providence is a Catholic quote unquote nonprofit, uh, which, you know, is a typical scam in hospitals uh, compensates its 16 executives to the tune of 41 million in salary that probably doesn't include other little benefits. And, the thing is, is that Swedish just dropped $11 million on five-day contracts with scabs that will effectively lock out striking caregivers from two days of work. Uh, the hospital has also hired some, uh, as many as 200 tactical security guards with body cameras. So on they got the, the money. Real 200? Yeah. 200? Yeah. Dude, that is, this yeah. is, that, that's like, that's, I mean, that's some strike breaker shit. That's some some full on oh, yeah. Pinkerton shit, man. Like, that is fucking terrifying. Um, that's gonna be a real so fucking it, showdown. Isn't isn't Swedish kind of strategically? I mean, I know they're hiring scabs, but aren't they strategically kind of choosing to shut down certain departments? Like, what's going on with that? 
Oh, I'm sure they are. I mean, this is like a very typical sort of uh, move to do if you're coming up on a strike, right? Is to try and figure out where the strike support strongest and then go through and like yeah, shut the departments down and things like that. Um, well, but the, also for the purpose of, you know, especially in like um, the think of the way that uh, school boards and cities guilt teachers when they strike for you know leaving the kids with nowhere to go uh times a million for healthcare workers who um are asked day and day and decade over decade to have their like falling wages and benefits and more work hours and just overwhelmingly increased productivity because of uh understaffing while administration um salaries rise and they're going to be blamed for uh, lack of care uh, when they finally stand up and they're going to be vilified as leaving their patients behind, which is something that anytime you talk to healthcare workers, you know, is the whole reason they're doing this is to help people in their time of need. And striking healthcare workers always, ha- you know, ha- are very conflicted about leaving their patients um, uh, in these yeah. times. But well, this is, you know, and this is going to be used against them. And it's going to be used well, against those, the media. Yeah, and it's something that's like worth bringing up because one of the things that the healthcare workers start demanding is, you know, more people on shift and things like that, which would, I think, in everybody's mind, provide better care. Swedish is demanding less, right? So uh, part of going on strike is actually to provide better care. Yeah, and, exactly. You know, yes. We can't count on the Seattle Times getting that out, though. So that will require. Uh, you know, people actually going out and supporting. So if you have time, you should go out to the picket lines. You know, our, our beloved listeners go out to the picket lines on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. And I know that uh, DSA, the Downtown Seattle Association, which Justin is a, a member of. Board uh, the board member of but yeah the uh the actual seattle dsa is uh supporting and doing some events too and and people should look into that uh but yeah yeah support striking hospital workers come on now hell yeah <laughs> all yeah, right good, lu- good luck out there on the picket line fellas <laughs> yeah so with that being said i think maybe we should uh bring this a little bit to a close by uh one thanking justin roll for coming on uh is there any anything you want to plug or a twitter account you want to plug or anything like that um i don't know if i want to recommend anybody to follow my twitter account because yeah you you don't have to i'll post (laughs) about you know politics and bernie but also post about you know like my pooping habits and things like that so (laughs) it's not it's not for everyone (laughs) if you find my twitter you know you'll find it uh, yeah, just gotta look. I hear you. I once told people on Twitter I was gonna stop bathing to fight gentrification. So <laughs> I get it. But uh, all right. Well, you yeah, know, dude, Justin, Justin Roll. Look for him in the world if you see him. Uh, in- yeah. <laughs> thanks for coming on, and you know, thanks for uh, being out here in Iowa um, and uh, sharing a bedroom with me. I'm sorry for my, you know, random shouting in the night and other strange <laughs> oddities of sharing a room with me. Um, yeah. The middle uh, of the night, Greg was like, fuck, shit, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> that, that's just normal. I didn't terrors, even have... Know. I had to warn everybody about my possible night terrors, but that they didn't even happen. So uh, that's nothing. That's, you know, when I'm screaming at the top of my lungs, running around, like slamming into walls, like, you know, then there's something to talk about. Um, (laughs) But yeah, I guess the the main thing I'll I'll plug is just, you know, volunteer for Bernie. Uh, This is, you know, maybe, hopefully not, but it might be, you know, once in a lifetime shot at, you know that that we have to do something big. Uh, so you know, do Bernie phone banks. Uh, a lot of people are hosting them. The map dot dot com. Um, DSA is also doing a lot of cool stuff around Bernie. Uh, we're doing you know canvases every weekend. We're doing phone banks every Tuesday, um, and our watch parties are a lot of fun. Even though the debates are pretty shitty, you know, you can just oh yeah. Have fun, meet people, chat. Um, yeah, you need to watch breaking... those debates in a group. You can't watch exactly, them exactly. That's, not, um, that's a recipe for madness. Yeah, yeah. It, ideally, in a group setting where it's too loud to even hear them. 
which is how yeah. DSA which does it. Which is most of our watch party. We've gotten better. <laughs> well, at, more like we have started hosting our debate watch parties at the Clockout Lounge, which knows how to do AV instead of our like DIY, you know, bullshit. Yeah, I get yeah. the sound working. Yeah, it's a too. good time. Yeah, yeah. And uh, for, you know, those of you out there, you know, you can download the Burn app to your phone. You can also bother on Twitter, friends of the show, Sean Scott and Maddie at Father oh, Chris, yeah. uh, who are doing uh, organizing for Bernie in the area. If you're interested, definitely bug them about it. <laughs> uh, well, we'd like to thank uh, a new blessed patron to the fold, Matt, just Matt, no last name. That's okay. You're once you're with us, you know, you don't have a name anyways. You're just a sucker. And that's uh, that's that's OK. So thanks for uh, signing up. <laughs> yeah. Again, uh, prayers up. Um, everybody should be praying. Yeah. Uh, to get Colin's soul out of limbo and into hell. <laughs> <laughs> it might be a good place. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's I mean, where, it's a good place for Colin. Let's put it that way. Yeah, he doesn't like cold weather. Uh, yeah, so that being said, uh, I guess we'll see you guys next week. And uh, bye. <laughs> yeah, see ya. Bye, everybody. Yeah, see ya. <laughs>